Today is one of the favorite talks of the year for me. It's on spiritual solutions. It's not on Wikipedia. I added it to my vocabulary, though, on Word. It's official Word on Antley Fowler's computer. And uh, these are your spiritual solutions from the last year. And I've read them all several times, and it's amazing. It's such a privilege. It's one of the greatest privileges I, I feel like I have as a church leader. Nobody else reads these but me. And, um, and, it, and it's, you know, it's a window into your heart and expectations of what you feel like God can do and what your expectation this year was for God to do. And, uh, I mean, everything in here is reflective of, you know, what we're wanting as a church. I mean, tons of people asking for, I want salvation experiences in my family. I want hope to be restored with my children. I want my husband, you know, to find life again in our marriage. I want, you know, I want to experience, there's tons of people who wrote, I want to experience a miracle this year. I want to cast out a demon this year. I want to experience a supernatural. I want to see God move in ways that are powerful. And then lots of people writing things about, you know, practical things in their life, physical, needing God to show up physically in their life, needing God to show up financially in their life, just in real practical ways. It's, it's amazing, and there's tons of people. I mean, I got, I got a, a testimony this week of, you know, just this week that said, you know, I was praying for my son to come back to church, you know, for his family to come to church again. They weren't going to church anywhere, and, you know, if it was River City, great, but I didn't care. I just wanted to be back in church, and now he's coming to church every week. He's calling me to make sure that I'm coming. You know, every week. I mean, it's amazing to hear and to see what God is doing through our little church. And I know right now, I know this is a farther drive than we have been. And that's a little difficult for you. But I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm not going to say, a church, you know, church alive is worth a drive because that's really cheesy. But God is doing stuff here, folks. God is doing exciting things at River City Church. And you don't want to miss out because you don't want to drive a little farther. You will regret it. And we're not sure where we're going to end up. Hopefully, we're going to end up an exit or two back that direction or back in District 9. But, but there's no guarantees. But regardless of where we are, you know, who we are will never change because of what God is doing within us, because of what he's put in your heart, the expectation he's created for you. You know, in worship today, uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the things, you know, what was happening was God was pouring out his love. I mean, I was experiencing it. A number of people were experiencing it. And we're just kind of waiting and sitting in that. And waiting, you know, just wanting more and more of that. And, I mean, that sounds simple and tried almost. But, but, I mean, I guarantee you that there were lots of people who were feeling something in their heart. It might have been, a, for me, it was like a heaviness. I felt like, wow, God's really filling me with, and, that, and that's, you know, filling me with more of his love. And uh, some of you know that I've had a, a minor, very minor hip surgery. And in the middle of just receiving God's love, you know, I felt my hip start to kind of twinge a little bit. And I thought, oh, maybe God's going to heal me. That would be amazing, you know, that I could start running again. I'd be all excited. And, uh, you know, but in, in the midst of that, I thought, you know, but I don't even care. I'll choose his love any day. I'll choose, I'll choose his presence any day over feeling or having a physical healing. I mean, and so, I mean, the reason I say that is because, you know, at River City Church, we're about one thing. We're about getting close to Jesus. We're about experiencing the life and the love that Jesus Christ has for us. You know, Bill's testimony. What a great picture, you know. I want life to the full. And I want to go through whatever it takes for that to happen. You know, spiritual solutions are an opportunity for you to write down what would it take for me to experience life to the full. What would it take for me to experience God's love? 
On Tuesday, December 23rd, just over a year ago, December 23rd, Tuesday in 2008, this is the beginning of Kristen Kettle's journal. Kristen was someone who was in our church in mid-30s, children, you know, who were young, we've been praying for, who had cancer and ended up dying. And uh, as I was going through spiritual solutions, my wife asked me, I wonder if Kristen filled out a card, you know. And uh, I didn't, if she did, I didn't, I didn't pick up on it when I, as I read through them, and I was looking this time. And, uh, but I thought, oh, I'm going to go back and read her Caring Bridge journal. And this is what she wrote. That's how she started it. Life is, intri- is, life is an intricately and intimately linked with Jesus. In fact, Jesus is life. He said so himself. So when we look for life worth living, we must look for it not in happy or heartbreaking circumstances, health, or even relationships. Life is Christ. That's Joni Erickson Tata. Tata, and she... I mean, that's what kind of Kristen started with. And I went on to read and find out a little bit about this woman who was paralyzed in an accident, quadriplegic, went on to live this amazing life, wrote like 10 books, authored all of these children's CDs, amazing stories about what she's done. And this is how Kristen started her kind of leading into the new year. And then Kristen went on to say after that, when I spoke with my, this is Kristen's words now, when I spoke with my friend last week, I realized that I was telling her, what I was telling her was not only a message for her, but for myself as well. Cancer is just a diagnosis by medical professions, professionals who read CT and PET scans. It does not define anyone who has this disease, and it is only what we see in life, not the hope of the unseen. It does not and will not relinquish my faith in God and his ability to perform miracles. See, cancer or no cancer, None of us truly knows what our future holds. We're all faced with surprises that are unexpected. Some are good and some are unfortunately are bad. Life is not about what our future holds. It is about taking the time to experience the joy of the moment, living each day as Christ created us to live. And she ends with this. God never promised us that our life on earth would be fair or without suffering, but he gave us his son to fill our hearts when they are empty, when they are lost, or full of sadness. Living in Christ will always give us hope and joy in our lives, despite our circumstances. Now, Kristen knew she had learned through her circumstance what life to the full looked like with Jesus, and she discovered that it wasn't about what she was experiencing in this world. It was about the unseen world. It was about the kingdom of God being manifested in a way that brought her life joy and happiness and fulfillment in the midst of fear, in the midst of death, in the midst of despair. She found life in Jesus. Spiritual illusions, our spiritual illusions this year, whatever they might be, should increase our faith in Christ should draw us close to Christ, expecting, you know, in expectation of what he desires to do in us this year and through us this year. I've been reading through the book of Genesis, and um, right now I'm doing the one-year Bible with my kids and just whoever wants to do it. And, uh, and I'm reading through Genesis, and there was, a, there was a phrase that stuck out to me, and it just kind of resonated with me, 
my talk's all messed up now because I have to tweak things a little bit. But, um, but this is what I read, and this is uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. You might just skip around on the slides, Alex. There, look at there. Look at that. All right, here we go. The Lord had said to Abraham, the Lord had said to Abram, Abram, he'll become Abraham, but it's Abram right now. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. And the, and, the, and the part that stood out to me was this part right here. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. And in the midst of reading that, I just sat. I just felt like, I mean, at the time I didn't know what it was. It was the Holy Spirit just saying, Antley, what does that mean? What in the world? How could that, po- how could that be possible? How could everyone who's ever going to walk the face of the earth be blessed by a guy who's going to die? How's that possible? Because when I read that, I felt like that kind of might be some of what God wants to speak through us as a church this year as our spiritual solution. I want River City Church and the people of River City Church to be a blessing to everyone who comes in contact with them. But how is that possible? How could it be that as we leave this building or as people come into it, our neighbors, our friends, and our coworkers, every person we bump into would be blessed because of us? Well, the same way that it was possible for Abram, it's possible for us. The only way is by Jesus. It's by Jesus. You know, the promise that God made to Abram, is not, it's, it's not the seeds of Abram that would infiltrate and affect the world. It's the seed. It's the singular. It's the person of Christ coming, the fulfillment of the promise to Abram that I am building a new kingdom, an unseen kingdom. And this king, when he reigns, all who fall underneath his authority and all who follow him and serve him as their king will be a blessing to this world that is seen. This year, many of us will experience great joy. Many of us will experience great powerful manifestations of the Spirit. Many of us will experience love. And for many of us, this year will be the greatest year of your life. Have you ever thought about that before? I love thinking about that in New Year's. I love thinking about like, this, is gonna be, this could be the greatest year of my life. I don't know what's going to happen, but I always think about, this could be the greatest year of my life. And the other thing I love to think about is, I'm going to meet people this year that I don't know, that I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be like in heaven with. I don't even know who they are. I don't know their names or anything. Isn't that exciting? And God's getting me to think now. It's like, Antley, you're going to bless people this year. You're going to be a blessing to people that you don't even know yet. You don't even, I know who they are. You don't know who they are. I'm going to fire up inside. That has nothing to do with my talk or anything. But anyway, this is going to be the best year of your life for many of you. But for some of you, It's going to be the worst year of your life. It is. I'm sad to say, this is the reality. For some of you, this will be the most painful year of your life. This year is going to be filled with sorrow. This year will be filled with suffering. This year will be filled with loss, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. 
This will be, for some of you, unfortunately, the worst year of your life. But Jesus tells us in the midst of that, I have said these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. For both groups of people, the reality is that Jesus has come, and as our eyes are fixed on him, as our desire is in him to experience his love like we were this morning, or as we reflect on the words of Christian, the reality and the hope of all of us, whether it's the worst year or the best year of our life, is that Christ has overcome this world. He has overcome what is seen and what we will experience this year. And as long as our hope is in him, we'll be okay. Now, I know some of you thought that I just like word cursed you or something because I said you're going to have like a sorrowful year or whatever. I'm not. I'm just telling you the reality of what life is like on this side of heaven. And if you don't believe that, you're living in a fairy tale. And you're avoiding the people that God might be calling you to. And you're basing your life on a false reality. And when you do that, the enemy loves it. Because in your suffering and when it comes and you will suffer, you will think that you're being punished instead of being drawn close to God. Amen. And I'll get a lot of those. Hallelujah. You know, then this year has been like that. It's been a great year. We've had some amazing ups. I mean, we're in this building. We've had, we have more people in worship right now than we've ever had in the history of River City Church. We've had more people healed this year than we've had in the history of River City Church. We've had babies born this year at River City Church. We've had amazing, amazing things happen. People come to salvation this year at River City Church. But we've also had babies that have been, who have been lost. We have people who haven't been able to get pregnant. We have people in our church who have died, families that have suffered, people who are financially struggling. But when we come together as a family, we bring balance and we bring hope. That's why we do testimonies. This year will be the same. And our challenge is to allow God to open the eyes of our heart and our minds so that our expectations for this year will be grounded in his kingdom and what he can do and will do through our lives. On January 1st, 2009, Kristen Kettle writes this. Starts with this scripture for the year. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may provide, that you may prove what is that, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. And she goes on to say this, happy new year, exclamation point. There she go, right there. I didn't know it was up there. I chose the above scripture since it is the start of a new year, which gives everyone an opportunity to reevaluate their lives and looking at ways to make 2009 a better year than 2008. The scripture provides us with insight on how to rededicate our lives to God by dismissing the daily pressures of the world that we tend to face on a regular basis. Our hope is to be transformed by him so that our minds develop a new way of thinking through the Holy Spirit, not of the things we see in this world. And that last, that last sentence, I love it. I mean, it is just a great kind of go for it scripture, you know. Our hope is to be transformed by Christ, by him, so that our minds develop 
a new way of thinking through the Holy Spirit, not of the things we see in this world. I mean, Kristen was experiencing death. She was experiencing loss. She was experiencing pain and suffering, you know, know, in ways that are horrible and painful and difficult. But in the midst of that, her hope was clearly set on Christ. In this reality, I'm allowing him to change the way I think. I'm allowing him to change the way I operate. I'm not going to let my body or the things that I see in this world be what I base my life and my hope on. I want my mind to be transformed so that my hope and my life will be grounded on what is unseen, not what is seen. Last week, when I was, I kind of did my sermon, I was working on this spiritual solution sermon, I wrote on my board this, this thing that I call the lifeline, and this is what it looked like. And I thought, yeah, I'll just use this. I got this new, like, pen that I can, like, draw it out and sketch it out like that, and I was like, gosh, that looks like chicken scratch. That's kind of embarrassing. No one will be able to follow me the whole time. And so I spent, like, hours last night doing this slide that was much better communicates what I'm trying to get at right now. Look at that. Notice the right-hand corner, happy Paul up there, happy time with Jesus. <laughs> that, that, that's, 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 this is our lifeline right here. It's our lifeline. It ends up, and we want to be happy, happy time with Jesus. Where are we going to end up? We're going to know him. Go to the next slide real quick. There we go. There we go. and take Paul. You, know, you never know how Paul's going to react to things like that, you know. So I just want to take it out there, just a glimpse um, and now I will suffer greatly because him and Ed will get me back at some point. But um, I was praying and thinking about our life and spiritual solutions. And this is what I kind of came up with. And that, you know, our life, our life is like this lifeline. Ignore the, 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 the orange and blue and white. But, I mean, it goes up like this, okay? And so, and, and in our life, we have positive experiences and we have negative experiences. All compromise, you know, all comprising a life that leads one day, or hopefully leads one day, for us being happy with Jesus, okay? Happy time with Jesus with heaven, okay? So in our life, we have positive experiences that happen, like worship. We have conferences we go to that we get all fired up and excited about, like passion. We have salvation stories. We have soaking moments. We have ministry, healing, fruit of the Spirit, mountaintop experiences, intimacy with God, mission. We have family goodness things that are going on. We experience signs and wonders, and we experience freedom. All things that we experience, right? Those are the things we hear testimonies about, right? Very good, young. I try to make that look random. I'm just not good with these things. I, I mean, I like the handwriting thing better. Anyway, but at the same time, the reality of our life, you know, and a lot of us will experience these things, and we're going to go, it was the best year ever. Look at all these things I experienced. And some of us are like, my year stunk. I hated my year. It was so rough. It began with me feeling, you know, this dark night of the soul I've been reading about. I'm in it, and I don't like it, all right? Dry periods with God. We're going to experience, some of us will experience loss this year, emotional, physical, and spiritual loss. Some of us are going to experience pain this year, physical pain in your bodies. It's no fun. Emotional pain, you know, and we're going to have spiritual pain. We're going to suffer, and some of us will suffer more than others. This year, some of us might experience failure. Some of us might experience abuse, being taken advantage of. Some of us might experience broken relationships, financial struggles, chaos, stress, anxiety. Jesus tells us we're all going to experience a little bit of both of those this year. Some of us will experience more of the top, and some of us will experience more of the bottom. The reason I wrote that is because often 
what happens to us is that we allow the bottom experiences to define our spiritual solutions. Go ahead, Alex. Fire that up there. Look at that. I love that. Took me like 10 hours to figure out how to do that. You think it's funny? These things will happen in life. Don't go looking for them. But Jesus tells us that I've overcome them. You know, I love people who like, this year I'm going to suffer for Jesus. I am going to just like look for pain. This year is going to be the year. And somehow, if you saw, what's, what's the, uh, not the angels and demons, the first one? Da Vinci Code. Remember the guy who like wrapped the thing around his leg and felt like there was an extra like gift or like there was extra blessing and suffering. He had this thing that he would tighten on his leg and would cause him all this pain because he felt like, God would bless him more. He felt like that would make God happy. And so we have people who are like, I'm going for the dry period this year, God. I want to suffer. I want to have lost. You know, you know, bring on the pain. Come on. Really? Seriously? Yes. What happens is you experience this stuff a little bit, and then you allow it to define what our spiritual illusions are going to be. Almost shaping how you believe God wants you to have life. Folks, I'll tell you this. This will not exist in heaven. This is not life to the full. It is something we will experience on this side of heaven, but it's not what we should be aiming for. It's not. And when you experience those things, it's not because you're more spiritual. It's not. If you're suffering more, it's not because you're like more spiritual. It's because God's using those things in your life to draw, to draw you close to him. He's getting your attention. He's wanting you to experience his love. That's what his desire is, to draw us close to experience his love. And those things happen on this side of heaven because of our sin, because of our brokenness. But one day we're going to be happy time with Jesus in heaven, and it won't exist anymore. And then what happens, next slide. Oh, see that like, like nonverbal, stop doing that, stop sign. See how I do that? Like, that's registering in your mind right now. Stop. Don't do that. I'm not even going to talk about it. I could just stop. But our difficult experiences often shape what we think God is capable of doing. So our spiritual solutions end up falling short of what God's capable of doing. And so, next slide, what we need to do this year is we need to bring balance. We need to bring balance. We need to balance the pain and suffering in our life with spiritual solutions that are based on what is in the unseen, what God can do, not what we see happening around us. And so spiritual solutions should be all in the top quadrant. Our spiritual solutions, the things we write down, should all be in the hope, the ministry of healing. I want to experience more of the fruit of the Spirit. I want to experience intimacy with God. I want to experience more mission in my life. I want to experience freedom in my life. I want to experience God's power in my life this year. And for the most part, that's what everyone does anyway, most people. If the bottom half is going to come, and we know it's going to come, we need to be asking God to complement our lives in powerful ways. Writing down things, this year, spiritual illusions, again, are an effort for us to, to allow God to bring us close to him, to allow God to show up in our life in powerful ways that reflect a dependence on him and living for Christ in a way that shows people what life to the full looks like. And again, so... In a practical sense, you know, 
God, I'm tired of being lonely. I really want you to bring me a spouse. Lots of that was written down in these cards. Now, that's, that's a reality. And you were built and designed for relationship. But in a way, that's you focusing in on the negative, the lonely part of your life. I think a spiritual solution on the top half would say, Father, I want freedom from the loneliness I'm, I'm feeling. And I know that will only come from you. Fill my life this year with your love so that I'm satisfied in you. I want to be fully satisfied in you. And again, we could talk about financial struggles. Father, I want freedom from financial struggles this year. I don't care if that means more money or less. I just want freedom in this area that I've been worrying about. You see the difference? Hebrews 11, and you wrap it up. Let me think how I can do this. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And I wanted to go on and read more about Hebrews 11 because it talks again about Abraham and the faith that he had. And basically in a nutshell, what it says about Abraham is this. All of these people, including Abraham, were still living by faith when they died. This is 1113 at the end. I think it's on the last of those slides, Alex. They did not receive, nope, one up, one up. There we go, there we go. All of these people were still living by faith when they died. And they're talking about, in chapter 11, it's amazing, they give us a definition of what faith is. This is what faith looks like. Then it goes through Enoch, it goes through Noah, and it talks about Abraham and Sarah. And this is what it says. All of these people were, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country, for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of that country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, Abraham, and again, I didn't have time to talk about it, but Abraham had faith in what God could do, not in what he could do. And that's the story of Abraham's life. And when we look at Abraham's life as our example, and this is what we're called to do, when we look at Old Testament scripture, we're supposed to say, what was God saying to Abraham? How was that fulfilled in Christ? And what is God saying to me through that promise that he made to him? And what was Abraham's response? Well, Abraham's response was obedience. Abraham's response was, God, I'm going to go. I don't see how this is going to happen, but I'm going to base my life on your command to go, and I'm going to be obedient to you, expecting that what you promised me is going to happen, even though I can't see it. I'm going to live my life in a way not based on what is seen around me, not based on the comfort of staying with my family, but I'm going to go to this new country with the hope that you're going to provide for me, with the hope that you will be my God, that you will lead me, and you will show up in my life. You know, this year, God wants to bless people through us, through you. God wants you to obey him like Abraham obeyed him so that your faith will increase this year 
Abraham was looking forward to a city with foundations where God was at the center of it, whose architect and builder was God. The same is true for you. This year, God wants to design your life in a way so that when people see you, they'll be like, man, God is all in that. He's all over that. Look at their life. God is at the center. He is the foundation. And they might not know how or what and, you know, what that, you know, be able to put a, a finger on what that looks like, but that's what we want people's response to be. They often won't say anything either. They'll think you're, they'll like pretend like you're weird and stuff, but that's what they'll be thinking. Like, wow, that's different. They're different. God desires to build your life in a way that reflects to everyone who comes into contact with you that he is the architect of your life. And in verse 15, it says, if they'd been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Don't look back at what has happened this year. Don't return to what you've left. Instead, focus on the promises of God and what he wants to make you through Christ this year. A life that is a reflection of his heavenly kingdom on earth. We're going to do spiritual solutions now, and the band's going to come up in a minute. We're going to have kind of music for you to spiritualize over, okay? And we're going to have people, basically what you're going to do is you're going to take your white card, and you're going to write down on that white card, this is what I want God to do this year in my life, and it's spiritualized. I mean, it's not what you can do. It's not what you can manage. It's, I want, if God does this in my life, he'll, I know that it's, it's him because I can't do it. It can be a hope, it can be a dream, it can be super big, it can be super specific. No one else reads these. You can write your name on them. I love when you write your name on them because then I can pray for you and I can give them back to you whenever they happen or when we hear the testimony. But if, if you need a card, raise your hand. Everyone should have a card. There's pens and pencils in the back of the chairs. Some cards right there. Why don't you all split up? Does everyone have a card? Right here, we need some cards over there. We need pencils over there. We need cards right here. I'm going to pray for us. Raise your hand if you need a card. And then we're going to have a collection again where you fold your card in half and you turn it in, okay? And that's just you letting go of it. And not managing it. Just letting it go. What God does, God does. We pray. We have expectation. Our hope is in him. But the results are up to him also. What is it, folks, this year, that if God did it and people experienced you in your life, they would be like, that's God. God's moving in their life. God's the foundation of their life. What is it this year that you need God to do in your life? Where is it that you need to find freedom this year in your life? You know, we all want what Bill was talking about, life to the full, every one of us. What is it this year that if God does it, you'll think will bring you life to the full? No one will see these. I would really encourage you to be honest, to write it down, go for it. If you feel really uncomfortable about it, don't write your name on it. I'd rather you be honest and write what you want and not write your name. But if you write your name, I just, I I can pray for you. And again, I just, I love reading them. 
because it's encouraging for me. But also I can give them back to you and do, do testimonies about them. Let me pray for us.